pairing those kind of formal training opportunities, um, which in themselves are, are quite um, robust and intense, mm-hmm. uh, with deep personal practice. You have to you have to go there yourself. You have to do the be prepared to do the work, um, and to treat yourself as that that experiment and try things and experiment and fail and have victories and you'll, you'll start to piece it all together and and it's only from that you know position of having done the work that you can impart real um, experience not just book learning so it, it's it's a dance between you know, theory and practice and, and mentorship and then more of the same cycle repeats Welcome to the Off Ball Podcast. My name is Martin Reeder. I'm a 2012 Beach Volleyball Olympian and a performance coach. But more importantly, with how I identify with the world, I'm deeply passionate about performance. Uh, Not only athletic performance, but personal performance. How do you construct your life intentionally? How do you manage the stress within your life? How do you set goals? How do you strive to achieve those goals. These are all very important pieces of conversation for me because after I retired from sport, I realized sport is not life. My life did not end after sport. It actually just began. And so I've been taking my journey within sport with me for the rest of my life and there's still so much to learn. So these conversations are with subject matter experts, ex-pro athletes, coaches, mentors, gurus, legends, mavericks, people that spend a lot of their time focused on learning, not just for craft mastery, but for self-mastery. And today's conversation is with a gentleman by the name of Rich Burroughs. And I believe it's very relevant for this time because of COVID, because of this coronavirus and this lockdown and social isolation, we're experiencing life that we haven't really experienced before. Our lives have been disrupted. We're staying indoors. These stresses of what's happening around us are, are changing, and it may feel like the locus of control is just so far beyond ourselves. Well, Rich takes people through environmental journeys, be it through ice, be it through underwater training, and he gets them to understand more about themselves. He gives them back the locus of control. He gets them to experience and be at the foundation of their human experience. We're talking about deep-rooted connection, managing stress at a better level, and being able to be calm when the pressure is on. Now, we're not talking about deeply consequential environments, although ice and water can be consequential to a certain degree, but he's really doing his best to break performance and self-performance and self-control down to the everyday person. And we just came off of an amazing experience up in Noosa where he led some XPT life underwater training with ice baths and chest freezers and movement. I got to educate on some breathing, which was amazing. So we'll break that down for you. But just know that whether you're a performance athlete or you're just somebody who's interested in deepening their experience, this podcast is for you. So I hope you're well. I hope you're staying sane in lockdown and may Richard Burroughs' expertise sink in with you and 
give you some food for thought as you look to better yourself. Thanks so much for listening. And before we get into the podcast, if this resonates with you, grab a screenshot, send this out on Instagram, text a friend. I truly appreciate any support you provide the Offball Podcast. Thanks again and enjoy the show. So we're here in Noosa in your backyard. It's about, what, 32, 35? Degrees. Degrees. Yeah, hovering about 30, but the humidity's this time of year, it's up in the 90s, so it feels pretty warm. Dude, I'm not going to lie to you. It's great. And we're just coming off a pretty sweet high. You invited me up here to Noosa yeah, to yeah. help you run an experience. Can you go over that experience uh, sure. that you designed, man? Sure. This was the <laughs> first XPT workshop that I've curated, XPT being extreme performance training, uh, Laird Hamilton, Gabby Reese from the States, which some of your listeners might be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did my XPT coaching certification a little over 12 months ago, and I've been training individuals and small groups, but we wanted to try something a little bit more inclusive and try and get some excitement uh, out there in the community about what we're doing here. because. Everyone we're training is having so much fun, making so many breakthroughs. Um, so I thought, why not try and collaborate with some like-minded people, draw a bigger crowd, and yeah, see if we can have some fun with it. Yeah, which we did. So myself and Dino Gladstone yeah. came out from Sydney, which was a blast, and then yourself leading uh, or heading the charge. Can you break down a little bit of the elements that you selected to use um, to create a different experience for people when it came to, or when it comes to training, when mm-hmm. it comes to stress management, um, managing and understanding yourself. Yeah, what uh, what did you bring together? First and foremost, and sitting across all pieces is the the breath, and uh, we wanted to take a, a a fairly short but deep dive into how our um, participants could could discover perhaps aspects of their their respiration system which they hadn't experienced before, uh, exert a bit more conscious control to take charge of their mental and emotional states, um, as well as test some boundaries of their performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was the first piece, which sets us up nicely for my favourite part of training at the moment, which I'm most excited about, which is doing underwater pool training and taking taking weights into the pool. Very playful, very um, challenging in terms of the skills and the objectives of carrying weights a distance underwater or doing explosive dynamic movements, getting a high heart rate and then trying to calm the body and the mind down to travel a distance underwater. Loads of different ways you can slice that up and challenge yourself um, and, and a really fun environment. So the breath informs that pool training, um, great low impact environment. And then the third piece of the puzzle for us on the weekend was some cold exposure. And, and I think exposure um, to both um, heat and cold, so some extreme um, thermogenic stress is, is 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 creeping into to mainstream a bit more. It is, uh, but taking a really purposeful approach about how we how we wanted to attack that and building on all those tools with the breath, with controlling of our physiology and our emotional 
mental state to, to get into a, what is a really stressful situation, freezing cold water for three plus minutes and showing people, you know, you have agency, you've got control over um, how you respond by coming back to your breath and, and using that as a um, you know, really powerful tool. So it was um, breathing, movement, recovery, um, the three pillars of XBT, which we, we really only scraped the surface. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in three and a half, four hours, we, we covered a lot, but for me, that was, that was just the beginning. It was, mm-hmm. um, it was awesome fun. Well, talking about beginning, you're at a point where you're super invested in this. You're leading it. You're building a community here in Noosa. You're going out of your way to create these events. So you're obviously doing something, and there's there's a reason behind that. There's a motivation behind that. There's a curiosity behind mm-hmm. that. So how did you get into this? What was either the cue or what was the exploration that you went into to sort of discover this whole new area of training where it's not necessarily about intensity sure it's about learning about yourself and managing different environments and emotions and stressors yeah, so yeah. how did you get into this and get interested in this oh, it, it really kicked off in a sort of a key turning point in my life where i exited one career uh, and uh more of a focus on high performance athletically. So I'd been I'd been playing Australian rules football to a pretty decent level, state state level competition here in Australia. So a lot of high intensity aerobic training, strength and conditioning, and really um, challenging game environment. So that that was that was my my sporting pinnacle at at around about age thirty. And for my Canadian North American listeners, AFL is. Uh, can you explain the sport just a little bit? Maybe the metabolic demands of it. Sure. Uh, not rugby. Not soccer. Uh, it's indigenous to to this country. Um, influences from from Gaelic football, but it is a 360 degree game. Uh, no offside. Uh, a large playing field. The ball is similar to an American football and a rugby ball, but it's passed by, by foot um, over distances of 50 plus meters um, with high accuracy, uh, full, full body contact, no pads, tackling, uh, and in terms of the distances that players can cover in a game, upwards of 12, 13, 14 kilometers yeah. for an elite midfielder. So it's, it, is, it is a challenging sport. So that was that was that was my my life as a, an athlete was primarily football. Uh, and professionally, I had been in a intelligence um, officer role with a, a national security um, organisation, um, working on some some pretty serious counterterrorism, uh, counterespionage investigations. So really, um, really heavily invested in that. Um, Again, high stress. My my alpha personality was was really at its full expression. Then working with other A-type personalities, uh, so I was um, charging hard for a period in in life. But um, that that came that came to a an end, and I was really yeah looking for uh, I guess yeah you know, 
a new style of, of training, a new style of being, a bit more um, you know, holistic for want of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, started to hear some, some interesting things about what cold exposure could do um, for our physiology uh, and how breath informed that. So when I was gave, gave the, the government work away and moved to uh, London, England, in the middle of winter, I thought, let's let's try this cold shower thing. And um, back in 2012, so that, that's where my cold exposure began. Uh, and I quickly realised that if I didn't have my breathing under control, that is a, a seriously challenging thing to be doing. Spending two or three minutes in bolting cold water. Uh, <laughs> That was that was the genesis. Uh, I'm still very interested at this time in you know, physical training, but you know, realizing that it can't be all about smashing myself day in day out. There's got to be some some um, yin to the yang uh, as I'm getting older and getting into my 30s. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, something that I noticed and I experienced because I trained in the pool with you for the first time ever. And we yeah, use dumbbells yeah. and we use different modalities and it was so much fun, man. Yeah. And I'm a massive advocate for play. I think we should never stop playing. And I saw that as an opportunity to play in an entirely new way. And I did have some swimming background, but all of a sudden I looked at it from a totally different light and you alluded to it before, but there's infinite ways that you can cut the pie mm. in terms of weight that you're using in the pool, exercises you're doing in the pool, protocols of be it explosive, jumping to under water, distance, whatever you're looking for, yeah. it's there. How are you using that pool training, which is your favorite, admittedly, to, to move yourself forward? Like, what do, you, what do you look forward to within the pool and what are you trying to shift within you and in your training style? I think there's a few pieces there. Um, part of it is a continuing adaptation and, and building a a physiological capacity to um, go further, to, to work harder, to um, have a higher, we'll probably go into these kind of concepts, but a higher CO2 tolerance, mm-hmm. um, a longer breath hold. Um, but at the same time, building a, a mental capacity and, and putting myself into situations where there's a, a choice to um, you know, cop out and say, yeah, th- there's my limit, or just to, to push a little bit further and not to fight against it, but to, to surrender to it and, and see what's on the other side of, of those barriers. So it's um, a, a beautiful mental and physical dance that, that's going on, and that's where that infinite challenge comes in for me that's what i find most stimulating and and rewarding when you you do go beyond your your capacity in in a way you haven't before which which is pretty rare in the the way i used to train lifting weights running well let's just say at the top end of intensity when you're going at a hundred percent be it with weight or or be it on a field or sprinting you name it you know that that's a that's a high risk environment and you're using your body at a higher limit. So volume starts to add up and you yeah, really yeah. start to you know, notice that it's taxing and, and potentially injuries mm-hmm. and even nervous system, you're driving it so yeah, hard. Yeah. Um, whereas the pool offers intensity in a different light. 
Can you just jam on that one of like how you see the pool offering a different opportunity or a different lens to intensity and, and why that, why you find that beneficial? Yeah, well, intensity comes when there's, when you're operating at, at the, at the limit of your, your capacity and because it's a weightless environment and because you're, you're supported and you're, you're, you're buoyant, you don't have the impact. So that's, that's taken out of the, the equation. Uh, and you're forced to slow down. Um, so operating with those restrictions um, and moving slower and moving more intentionally, uh, intensity can build slower. It's certainly slower than if I was to go and do a 21-15-9 thruster type, type workout. Yeah. Um, but it's um yeah it it teaches you different lessons to intensity in the gym it, like I was, I was alluding to before that that mental game uh and and the the, the surrender to um know that you can't bend this this activity to your will you've you've got to you've got to almost flow with it um and, and, and walking that, that, that tightrope of the limits of capability and the, the limits of the environment and, 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 and finding them the most efficient path through that, that that's, that's demanding, that's, that's really challenging. So that's, for me, a different kind of intensity. Mm -hmm. it, it really presented a new challenge, yeah. which I dug. And being an athlete, both of us actually, we, like, we're trained to push harder, right? You, you win by going harder and being mm. stronger. And you know, the, the whole conversation around stress comes up here for me is that the most adaptable survives, not necessarily the strongest. Yeah. And what I found in the pool was that word surrender that you're using, you know, for me, harmony came up where yeah, the nice. harder I fought, the more challenging it was. And yeah. so it was like, how do I just get more passive and be one with the skill, be mm -hmm. one with the water, not necessarily fight it. It was so peaceful. And then using the breath and learning how to control the breath, it was more of a parasympathetic stress than it was a sympathetic stress. So we spoke about, and yeah. I'd love for us to jam a little bit, like training oftentimes can be so sympathetic and stressful that it, it drives us into this situation where we may not be digesting properly, we not be, may not be sleeping properly, or we're already stressed based on our work environment, and then we mm. go and train, it's also a stressor. So all of the stress, which stress is very important, we need to manage it better. This is a new lens, I think. Same with breath training on dry land, but mm. we're talking about the pool right now. We're able to use stress in a different way where it was this deeper, more satisfying training and we slept like babies later on at night. Like, it's how, unbelievable. How, yeah. how is it a bit of a shift? And I'm just so fascinated by it. How do you find it? It, it takes, takes a bit of getting used to. And particularly the world that we, we've come from, and 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 most people who are, you know, health conscious or have, have done, even if they're not professional athletes, they, they've got this idea that, you know, more no pain, no gain, and you have to really struggle and, and push yourself, and, and like you, you touched on that, um, it's a completely sympathetic response, but. Um, 
learning that in that environment with the objectives that you set for yourself, whatever they might be, whether it's um, distance or um, number of reps, whatever it is, that, that the harder you struggle, the less likely you are to, to achieve that. That's, that's, a, that's a really um, interesting shift for a lot of people to make. And uh, you see it with, you know, with the, the bigger, stronger guys who are used to muscling their way through a workout. You throw them in the pool with you know, 10 or 12 kilograms and say, you know, swim that underwater, whatever we're doing, 20, 25 meters. And they try hard and they, they just blow up. They, they can't manage the effort and, 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 and be smooth and, and remain calm. They're used to going hot, hot, hotter, but that, that doesn't work in the, in the pool, which mm -hmm. is, is transferable to, I guess, so many other situations in, in life as well. Mm -hmm. Well, let's make that transition. Yeah. We're here in your home in Noosa as a result of you making some life decisions. Sure, yeah. And you, I would like to say, prioritizing things that, that you were very clear on. Um, you were in Melbourne before this. Yeah, yeah, up until um, April last year. Yeah. The big city. Can you just talk me through how you have consciously changed your life and your family and, and moved that around based on, A, some priorities that, mm -hmm. that you have for yourself, which I love, and two, just the possibility that's opened up for mm. you and, and your life and your family? So up until April, um, we were living in inner city suburbs of Melbourne, um, in and out of the office in the downtown city area, uh, with all of the, you know, the, the bells and whistles of life that that brings, commuting and, and traffic and high density and concrete and, um, all of these things which were conflicting with what I saw as yeah, really important, which is um, space and nature and more time with, with family and connection and um, a, a bit of a slower pace. So uh, it was something that was bouncing around in my mind for a number of years. How do I get into... Because I think you need to start with... If, if you're heading towards the person you want to be, a, a key critical ingredient of that is where where am I going to be? Mm -hmm. um, what is the environment that I'm going to do what I do and who am I going to do it with? You have to be pretty clear on, on what you're willing to accept, stand for in terms of your environment. And Melbourne wasn't, wasn't doing that. So we were considering coastal down south in Victoria, which would have been a lot less pleasant in the winter. Uh, this part of the world is somewhere that Beck and I had come on holidays for a number of years and just always put a smile on our face, always um, felt so right and natural. Um, so we, we decided to work towards uh, making our life up here. There was some, yeah, some speed bumps along the road in terms of convincing my business partners that I didn't need to be present in the office to do what I do. Mm -hmm. A bit of a, a generational paradigm shift for those guys who are in their um, late 50s and early 60s. Um, so a bit of a leap of faith 
uh, and I, I changed my working arrangement to say, look, I'm going to get rewarded based on, on output rather than take a salary out of this business. Yeah, even being part owner, I was like, I'm prepared to put my money where my mouth is. And Good for you. I didn't know that. And I'll, I'll, it's a project base now and I'll be rewarded based on, on how quickly and how well we, we turn things around. So, yeah, that, that put a, you know, a stressor in the whole equation that um, income wasn't as guaranteed. Mm -hmm. But I was prepared to, to make that uh, or take that risk. And then, yeah, just from our, our personal life perspective, uh, Melbourne wasn't really, um, I, I think, the ideal place f for us to be achieving our goals as a, as a couple and as a potential family. Uh, so, um, yeah, Beck and I had, a, had quite a long and challenging um, struggle with fertility. So, multiple years of, of treatments and, and rounds of, of IVF which were, were failing time after time, taking yeah, incredible emotional and um, physical toll on, mm -hmm. on us personally and um, uh, our, ourselves. So decided to make some, make some changes and that really started with me actually proposing and saying, that, yeah, let's, let's figure about this. Let's, let's get, get something we can control in, in motion. Let's, let's, plan a wedding, have a good time, mm -hmm. and let's get out of this big city environment. Noosa is a place where we, we, we sort of find our best selves, let's, let's make the move there, and then, yeah, lo and behold, once this, all this is in train, um, Beck falls pregnant, so, um, yeah, funny how it, it, all, it all comes together when, when the circumstances are right, mm -hmm. so, so far, so good. Dude, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, for those that don't know, please look up Noosa on the Googles and you will find paradise. This place is paradise. Um, and then, you know, that story screams agency for me. Yeah. You know, so many people and for us moving to Australia, there was a lot of conversation around, I could never do that. How do you guys do that? And it's like, well, there, there is that risk, but at the same time, it's like, I believe in myself. Sure. Yeah. And I know what I want and potentially what I'm doing right now isn't offering that. Or I know that there's an opportunity on the other side of this. And it just there's a leap of faith that one has to take in itself or the relationship that you have that you're bringing. So, you know, how has moving to Noosa and you prioritizing the things that you currently prioritize, how, how has that changed your life? How have you benefited from moving up here? It's, much, it's richer. It's, it's fuller. It's more varied. Uh, as opposed to being a home, office, gym, you know, socialize with friends on the weekend kind of lifestyle. It's, uh, yeah, like this morning, it's get up, see what the wind's doing, which beach is good for a workout, let's get down there. You know, I can take that two, two and a half hours to, to go and, yeah, get a great work in, workout in at the beach or go for a surf, whatever it is, when the moment is right. If the moment's not right, then psh, I'm in the office. What's my current you know, priority? How can I get ahead in that area of life? And then if there's you know, space opening up in the day, yeah, I'm spending time with a three-month-old baby or just 
sitting out here with, with Beck having a coffee. You, yeah, it, it's it flows and it, it, um, you, you find the the right thing to do at the right time rather than being stuck in the thing which yeah, might not, not necessarily be flowing for you like an office environment. I'd you know, I'd, I'd, I'd probably put be productive for three or four hours out of the day on a good day mm-hmm. and then there's so much wasted time occupying a um, a chair so um yeah i distinctly remember the conversation in our boardroom at the office where we're, we're planning out 2019 and I, I kind of said guys i've got a bit of an ask of you and um this is this is what i want to do and they were they were they're pretty taken aback. And, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it, there was there was some back and forth, but yeah, ultimately they could see my commitment to to the business still, and and I'd given thought to how it would work. It wasn't it wasn't you know, a decision made on a whim. Um, yeah, I'd done done my homework how how we could make it work. So uh, thankfully they they came to the party. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What really rings true for me in that conversation is that we have so much choice and there's so much freedom and you clearly went about it in a way that allowed it to happen. You didn't just mm-hmm. move up here, close your eyes, put your finger on a map and yeah. go for it. You know, There's a formula in there somewhere. And for those people that are like, there's something that I want to do, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck in this situation. No way I could ever do that. There's all of this dialogue saying that you can't, you shouldn't, I won't, people wouldn't let me, mm-hmm. all of this shit. Is there a little bit of a formula that you went about to, to literally take full ownership of your life? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that abrupt change and, and like you're saying, yeah, completely tossing one life aside and, and, and throwing the, the, the pin at the map and saying, here we go, is, is, is not the, the recipe. You've got to have incremental um, movement towards where you want to be. And you don't necessarily, I don't think you necessarily have to know exactly what the, the end point is going to look at, but you need to point in the right direction. You've got to find, you've got to find your north and start making some kind of step in that direction. Carry on doing what you're doing. Carry on doing what's paying the bills, you know, what's um, you know, supporting your family and um, whatever that is. You, you can't just toss that out on a whim. Um, but for us, it was spending more time up here, coming up on additional holidays and, and finding our, our, our tribe, which was um, at one of the CrossFit affiliates, just fell in love with the people involved in this gym. And okay, yeah, we could, we've got some real friends here. Step one, tick. Uh, have a look around at where you could possibly live. Does that suit our lifestyle? Is there going to be a spot where Harvey can go for you know, walks, plays? Yep, he loves the beach. Tick that box. For those that don't know, Harvey's a four-year-old little French bulldog. He's just a, a little beast. He's a nugget. Yeah, he's <laughs> great. A little gremlin. Yeah. Yeah. So start to yeah, find, find the direction little steps, tick them off, and then, then you can build in compromise in, in other areas of, of life. Keep delivering what you need to deliver on, but you know, take steps in this new world and um, you'll, you'll quickly find out whether 
yeah, it's it's the right right path. Yeah, if we'd come up here and yeah, everyone was a jerk or you know, we couldn't find a, a, a nice neighborhood or the you know, property prices were too high, whatever, then we would have canned it and mm -hmm. gone back to the drawing board. But you know, little by little, it took shape and you can start to create a vision of what, what life looks like and, and how it all, all come together. Yeah. So part of you coming up here, building a community, sinking in, you're now a coach yeah. at that local CrossFit affiliate. Sure. And that's just a super positive experience yeah. for you. Um, for you not having, let's just say, coached in the fitness industry uh, at, at a high level or mm -hmm. you know outside of sport, let's just say, um, how has that impacted you uh, stepping on the field of the gym yeah, yeah. And, and leading people through that and, and what would be a, a skill set that you're you're developing right now that you maybe didn't have before as a result of leading people. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely forces you to be so much more um, critical of, of, of movement and things that which you, know, you might have taken for granted to, to really peel those layers back and, and understand you know, what makes good movement and um, uh, to develop a, you know, a broader language um, about how you can communicate that, whether that's that's verbally or um, visually. Uh, so all great challenges and for someone who'd always just worried about himself in terms of training. You know, I knew what what I was doing and where, where my goals were. Didn't need to bring anyone else along for the ride, but you know, going into that environment where it's teenagers through to 60-somethings, yeah, seeing people at all different levels. It, it's yeah, cerebrally challenging to, to find the language and to find the cues and to um, be more critical of, of what good movement looks like. So, yeah, that, that's, that's a huge positive. Um, and, yeah, taking more of a... Um, an active role in, in, in passing on what I know. As I said, you know, I'd, I'd always just worried about me, but um, as you, you move through uh, seven ages of man, really, I've, I've been the, the, the child, the, what is it then, the, the lover, the soldier, getting more to the, the judge phase of life of, of giving, giving the wisdom back. So um, that's something which hasn't always come naturally to me mm -hmm. and but the, the more I do it the more I enjoy it and the more satisfying it is to um, start to pass it on a bit more. What would be something that you needed to <clears throat> let go of in order to be a better coach because for you not necessarily having gone through all of the steps of fitness certifications mm. and always coached that way I mean you're yeah. making a lateral entry much, yeah, yeah. much actually like I did coming out of sport, I made a lateral entry into fitness and, and definitely needed to get on my own way and learn how mm. to coach people better and, and find my truth within the fitness side. But how have you needed to improve yourself to, to be better, to be a better coach on the, on the floor there? I think part of it is you know, obviously being super you know, focused and studious in understanding the fundamentals of, of what we're passing on so that that's a no-brainer but but also having uh, the self-confidence and the, um, being okay with the fact that 
yeah, I'm not an expert. I'm not a PhD exercise phys physiology um, kind of guy, but that that's okay. And mm -hmm. that people um, aren't always looking for that. They're sometimes your personality um, can be your, your greatest strength and and the ability to, to listen to someone and to understand their goals and to um, to help them figure it out together and just be be it's it's empathy and um, uh, yeah, humanity which which people are probably seeking more than anything in in their their trainers and their coaches not um, pure science and yeah, technical understanding it's it's someone who um, who's with in their corner on their journey and mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, having the confidence that yeah that's enough and that's my greatest strength is, um, is just bringing bringing me to the yeah, table I love it and I'd ask that because if there's anybody listening that's wanting something more stepping up as a leader in a community is such a great way to start and yeah. there's a lot of people that well, I haven't studied that for my whole life or I haven't been a part of it or I'm not an expert just like mm. you said that prevents them from taking a step but yeah. if you're a keen person that's willing to give of yourself and be there to support someone regardless yeah. of your depth of knowledge mm. you know a big part of being a coach is, is that empathetic side and yeah, yeah. showing up and creating space and holding space for people to believe in themselves and a big part of when I was coaching I always thought I'm here to believe in you more than you believe in yourself in this hour in this time nice and yeah. when you have someone that holds you up then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I was, I was able to do that? I can do this? And aggregate day after day, all yeah. of a sudden that person in a year, their life changed. Not because you're the best squat queuing coach in the world. It's because mm. you held space for them. And so in the session you held space. Which yeah. I loved That was yeah. great. You give them what they need in, in the moment. Mm -hmm. And you're there to, to let them know we're doing this together. And together we're going to achieve more than... You, you probably ever imagined you could on your own. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Keeping with that theme of community, since you've come here, you've started to grow and evolve and, and invite people to participate sure. in not only the, the pool sessions, and I think we covered that really nicely, but I'd like to go a little bit more to the exposure and breath stuff that mm -hmm. you're really interested in. But before we go into what you're doing presently, you know, how have you looked to arm yourself with some knowledge and what steps did you take to get to where you are right now uh, within the breath and exposure side? Well, like I said, breath, really the formal education, apart from you know, following the vanguard of, of, not that anything is really new. Um, these ideas have, have been around for centuries in different traditions and, and perhaps the West has just been a bit um, arrogant in and neglecting them, but um, yeah, the the likes of, uh, of Brian McKenzie and Rob Wilson from the Art of Breath, who I know have been a big part of your um, yeah, background as well and mentorship, just following where they were leading and 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 looking at the studies and the, the books that, that they were reading along the journey, uh, and then it was showing up to an Art of Breath seminar in Sydney in 2017. Mm -hmm. That was that was my first you know, formal participation in any kind of training, and then just seeing where those those rabbit holes opened up and um, 
with Brian being originally involved with XPT, it's like, okay, let's, let's see if we can um, get involved in XPT certification. Luckily, they, they decided to come to Australia the very next year. Awesome, I'm there. Um, learning that much of their breathwork syllabus had been designed by a gentleman named Patrick McKeon, um, author of The Oxygen Advantage. Okay, when's he next in Australia? Cool, I'm on that certification course as well. So it, it just evolved and I, d I didn't intentionally set out the sequence of I'm going to do this and then this and then this. It was, this is my next opportunity. Let's see what comes out of that. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not a, a medical doctor, but pairing those kind of formal training opportunities um, which in themselves are, are quite um, robust and intense mm -hmm. uh, with deep personal practice you have to you have to go there yourself you have to do the be prepared to do the work um, and to treat yourself as that that experiment and try things and experiment and fail and have victories and you'll, you'll start to piece it all together and and it's only from that you know, position of having done the work that you can impart real um, experience, not just book learning. So it, it's, it's a dance between you know, theory and practice and, and mentorship and then more of the same, cycle repeats. Mm -hmm. uh, so I hope that it's a journey I've just begun. I hope that knowledge continues to evolve and expand and take me in new directions. Um, so yeah, you've got to, got to keep being about it. So as a part of stewarding people into the breath game, the mm -hmm. exposure game, over the last year you've done a lot of smaller events and sure. kind of more acute opportunities for people to, to delve in. You know, what, what have you developed over this last year and, and what have you really begun to play with as an offering yeah. for people just because breath and exposure are two incredible ways for people to learn to truly control themselves. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what, what are you up to on that front? The first and, and the most um, common and um, frequent session that I run is, uh, it's a bit of a crash course. It's a bit of a um, broad brush across more health related techniques. Just, just get, giving people some awareness of, of how they can influence their, their state and their physiology um, and through better mechanics um, and an understanding of, of you know, what they've got available to themselves. Uh, so that, that's a session which is, is really exploratory. It's, you know, there's not necessarily any objective or, um, you know, magic um, outcome we're trying to hit it's just to you know, give you give you a taste so there's some down regulation some some focusing some really sharp sympathetic stuff um, and then some more meditative um, practices just to arm you with a few tools to then go into the the cold and then the other session which I've been trying to um, generate some more interest around is is more performance and and how do we um, expose athletes and people who, who want to perform at a, at a high level to uh, some of those 
stronger, more targeted techniques of building their CO2 tolerance, of getting into hypoxic states to, to get that simulation of altitude training effects. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's interesting you know, how the two have been received um, and where the interest is. Um, so that, that's something I'm still you know, learning about. You know, you've got to meet the market where it is and, and what people are looking for. Obviously, my passion's more on the performance side of things and pushing the envelope as, as much as I can and mm -hmm. seeing who's willing to come along for the ride. But most people yeah, just want a, a little bit of a taste and to come out feeling good and, and, and just to learn a little bit of something about themselves. What would be a takeaway that you've seen over and over again through those sessions, let's just say with that breath work and then ice exposure, be it a, a civilian, youth, you know, even seniors, you're getting yeah. people in their 60s coming to these things. So by no means do you have to be a part of a single, you know, age bracket to make this work. This mm. is all ages. Yep. You know, what are you seeing as a, a revelation that people exit these sessions with? Because one can be very, very life-changing or transformative, yeah. right? I think just the level of surprise that people have about how good it feels, um from a, a mental perspective to, to have, an, have an effective mindfulness practice, which isn't mindfulness, which isn't meditation, just to, to go on a, a journey through a, a guided breathwork session and, and to come out the end of a 45 minute series thinking, I thought that was about 15 minutes. <laughs> like, I've, I've never felt that at, at peace and uncluttered and, um, I think in the modern world, we're just, we're always on and we're, we're so good at, and particularly the education system has just primed us all to be very good at thinking and solving problems and always, always analytical and in our own heads, which, you know, if you're um, analytical about present as well as past and future, then that's when depression and anxiety start to, to creep in, but this, this, is, this is showing people how easy it is to, to have those moments of presence and to be with themselves and, and not to be um, learning how not to think, mm -hmm. having those moments where they're, they're not, you know, turning the cogs in the mind and, and, and just giving them a, a break from that. For some people that's, that's huge. And, and just seeing people's faces when they come out, we go, ah, oh, there's, a, there's a, a lightness and a softness to it all. Um, before we then go and stress the hell out of them in there. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw a lot of that. We saw a lot of that yeah, on Saturday. People yeah. just came out buzzing, man. Yeah, I yeah. had my first ice bath and had a couple light intros and I do cold showers. But yeah, took it like an absolute an, boss. Man. Dude, it, it, <laughs> an ice bath is a different story. And then we're going to hop into your chest for yeah, yeah. a little bit. We'll talk about that. But, you know, that experience, not only for me, but seeing other people do that, like, holy shit, buzzing. Yeah. Control, happiness, joy. I... I I haven't quite thought about that levity. Like it did actually take the weight off of people's shoulders because you, you can't go through the motions in it. Nope. You need to be there every yeah, single yeah. session or sorry, every single moment. It's, yeah. You are there and you're in it. Um, and you come out of it. Like, so with the moment you are there connected. It's extreme. It's, 
it's yeah, a situation which our physiology and our mind is telling us is crisis mode. Mm -hmm. Wow, what are we doing here? Like every instinct's telling you, get out. Yeah, and realizing that you have agency over those responses. Um, if you can you know, control your breath, you can control the mind, you control the mind, you control the body. So, um, yeah, it's it's always always such a, an amazing thing to witness. People go into that moment of you can see it when they're they're locked in and they're, they're focused and they're right there in the moment love the look people have on their faces it's just yeah an unbreakable razor sharp focus and concentration and um they're there they're in mm -hmm. it i think just to nerd out on this for a second we as human animals have kind of lost touch with consequential environments absolutely we've lost touch with what is actually a death threat and what's just maybe public speaking in front of some peers, yeah. you know, and, and when we lose sight or lose control of that response and then we, we lose how that impacts us in the moment, it all just kind of gets lost in, in the shuffle and all of a sudden we're just stressed out all of the time, mm. you know, somehow we perceive that everything that we're doing is somehow life threatening, but it's not. And, and I really saw that people just, cut right through it and realize like I'm in control. I am alive. And when you're freezing your nuts off inside of it, you're alive, right? Yeah, yeah. You're alive. And you come out of it like, yes, I'm alive. So it I really saw people break through it. So just rifting on it from your side of things, like are we recalibrating the the stress response? Are we're talking to our nervous systems? Like what's kind of happening when you get into the ice and then you get out of it? from be it maybe a mental and, and physiological side? Deep questions, what is happening? Yeah. Um, so much, yeah, yeah from hormonal, um, adrenaline, all, all these kind of you know, deep physiological responses, yeah, central nervous system response. Um, there's a, yeah, jeez, oh, where, where, where doesn't it have, have an impact? I mean, what, what's happening? And um, I guess just to give you a reprieve, like for those people that are listening to this going, you know, I just want to go into a, an ice bucket just to create the stress and now I control that stress. It mm. doesn't necessarily happen that way. Like you go through a series, a cascade of events, be it mental, be it physiological, that mm. you now experience versus... I'm going to go in and I'm going to train myself to be the best person at going into the ice and yeah. then I'm going to hold the world record at going to the ice and it's just about me fighting the ice. That's It's not necessarily yeah. that and we love to put these exercises on a pedestal in society. This is not a competition of no. who can last in the ice the longest, right? This is an inner yeah. inner workings. Yeah. Um, so we're going through something when we go in there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's No one's hand, handing out any gold medals for the ice bathing and... It's, it's really interesting to people who come with that mentality of, or um, I've, I've seen guys get out of the, the bath after you know, three or four minutes and say, oh, I can usually go so much longer. I, who cares? <laughs> you know, today, this is, what, this is where you're at. And 
yeah, you either did your best with with the stimulus in that moment. Yeah, you might have been mentally distracted by what's going on at home. You might, you know, have low blood sugar and be a bit hangry. Um, a really interesting one was a couple of weeks ago when I was fasting, day three or four, jumped into the, the chest freezer and I just could not quiet my mind. Agitated, so much harder. So day to day you're experiencing, you know, that that stress and life as it's as it's served up to you. That's what you're going through. Um, you know, we're not doing this to um, you know, prove anything to, to anybody. I love that. It's, it's, it's about self-discovery and knowing when I'm at my best, what, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that sound like breathing-wise? Um, when I'm a bit off, yeah, if I've had a, a fight with my, my partner or my parents, um, and I can't concentrate, I can't focus, I'm not going to perform as well. This, the stress will expose, the, the ice will expose that. It'll, it'll show you really in the moment where you're at and, and you, can't, you can't muscle your way through that. You've got to, like the pool, you've got to surrender to it. Um, less struggle and more strength. Yeah. So you have a practice that you do. Now you forfeit your freezer just to put the ice in it for, yeah. for this last event, yeah. but it's ready now, so yeah, we'll yeah. hop in. But take me through, take us through your, be it daily practice or how you go about using it in your life. Yeah, it's certainly not a daily practice. At one point in time, when I was looking to build reps and build knowledge and understanding, it was a, a first thing in the morning every day for a month or so in Melbourne, which was, yeah, really, really built some, some adaptation and some capacity. And I think um, as, as much as it's important to, to gradually ease your way into these things, I, I think I got myself to a point where I was ready to, to go hard. Um, uh, day in, day out for three, four, five, six minutes every, every morning. Uh, these days, um, yeah, having a, a three-month-old and being yeah, to torn between work commitments, between training, between wanting to get out and enjoy this, this amazing place, sometimes it, it slips down the priority list and I'm, I'm definitely not rigid in saying, oh, I, I don't have to be in there every day. I don't, it's not like I rely on it to feel good, even though every time I do it, it's like oh, amazing bars afterwards, which is great. So these days it might be three times, four times a week. And usually when uh, I feel the least like doing it is when I, I know it's probably time to, yeah. to get in there and, and see where I'm at. Particularly with the humidity up here, it's it's often often good to time that for a mid-afternoon um, pep up. Mm -hmm. But uh, the practice, uh, and this is something yeah I picked up from from Brian. It shouldn't be about it's not about time. And when you, when you focus on time, say, all right, I'm going to stay in for for five minutes. You you're mentally calibrating yourself or the experience with with that endpoint. And I just find that. Yeah, not as uh, fulfilling 
So for me, it's always 10 breaths. A few times I've gone, all right, just for the for shits and giggles, let's do 12 just to see what the difference is. That's pretty similar <laughs> to 10. But um, taking those 10 breaths and making them as slow and controlled as I possibly can because particularly as a beginner, the, the first instinct and the natural stress response when you get into that freezing cold water is a, a gasp, a shallow breath, and you're out of, you're out of control. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got myself to the point now where with the adaptation and with the training and the control, that first breath, I'm straight into, straight into a controlled cadence and using those four corners of the breath, the inhale, the hold, the exhale and the pause. And for some reason, I count in fours, whatever I do. Um, so it'll be a inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. If I'm feeling good, hold, two, three, four. Still feeling good, hold, <laughs> two, three, four, and exhale, two, three, four. And I love when I get to the, the bottom pause. It's almost like a, that, that cadence and that count starts to sink in with the heart rate. Mm. And you get a really, I don't know whether you know, mind-body connection is too much of a, a crazy woo-woo term, but you, you feel everything that's going on. And you feel really, I mean, you're, you're mentally in the present moment. I think physically too, you, you're really in tune with how everything is, is feeling. And, um, it's, it's a good place to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get after it, man. It's Do hard. It. <laughs> um, maybe we'll, we'll come back and finish this after, but, um, here little rider hop up. Um, you got a three month old, you touched upon it before yeah. we get in the, the ice tub. I want to ask how has becoming a father changed your life? So many ways. It's just, um, just awesome. Uh, if you think about you know, your, your why, um, for, for a lot of us, uh, and for me particularly when I was younger, it was all about um, an inward facing why and you know, finding intrinsic motivation to chase career goals and chase sporting goals. Uh, overnight, it's a completely different why. Um, why am I trying to build a business? Um, why am I trying to create a life here in Noosa? It's, it's about her. Mm -hmm. It's about, about Beck and creating um, a kind of yeah, environment of love and support and opportunity that is going to put a smile on that face. And when you see that smile, it's just it's hits, hits you right in the feels. And yeah, amazing. Yeah, and I can imagine <clears throat> it's forced you to be really well structured, but also to learn to let go of expectations just because that's a, yeah. a living being that's changing all the time, much like many of the conversations that we've had. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we have shared some lessons, which is don't listen to any lessons, but if there was a lesson, if there was something that, that uh, you wanted to share with uh, a new father yeah. uh, or, or parents for that matter, you know, what's, what's something intuitive? Cause we know that that's, it's probably the most intuitive thing to be a parent. You know, what, what's top of mind for you? Pay attention and, and, and be present. 
because uh, I can't speak for somebody else's kids, but I, I know that they're all so different and you, you've got you've to be prepared to spare the, spend the time to just, just to get, get to know them and connect with them. You can't you know, come in the door after whatever you've been doing and expect that it's, it's going to be easy and you're going to instinctively know what to do. You, you've got to you've got to be prepared to to listen and to watch and, and to figure out you know, what what their little jam is and um, you know what makes them happy and yeah you know, just just reading the sometimes the, the cues are so subtle and you, you have to spend the time and, and be observant so um, be be prepared to to put in the work <laughs> <laughs> like anything good yeah, in life right yeah yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, dude. Thanks for that. Let's get in the tub. Let's do it. Yeah, All right. Beautiful. My body feels amazing, man. It looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise with yours. So we just got out of the ice tub. We got mm-hmm. out of your chest freezer in your garage, which was glorious, facing this picturesque forest, clouds on the horizon, at least for you. I face the other way. Um, That's right. You were looking in. Yeah, I was, just looking, I was look, looking in. Well, dude, looking I was looking in, in, <laughs> so I wasn't seeing anything. In so many um, ways. Yeah. So just to maybe go through my experience, and then we can just kind of rift on it. Yeah. Uh, it was my first chest freezer experience. Um, two days ago, three days ago, was my first ice bath experience, which was more in a recovery blow-up tub mm-hmm. uh, full of ice. This was just like a f- really, really cold water in the chest freezer. Um, tougher to get into. Uh, you, you set a really nice space for it, but I rushed in, and man, yeah. was it challenging for me to catch up, being stressed out, us conversing, me not necessarily setting my breathing in a way that allowed me to have full control, full agency. So I went in stressed rather than having, let's say, a 30-second where I just mm. really slowed my breath down and, and took control into it, and dude, I was behind from the start. That was a tough one. There was a moment where you were really wrestling for control, and there was a, there was a couple of faster breaths. You're like, I gotta catch up, gotta catch up, and then yeah, you could see see once the you managed to get your hands on the reins and and, and pull her in. It's like, okay, he's got it now. He's, yeah. he's solid, and just that shift um, happened really nicely. I think about momentum. Mm-hmm. I went in there without knowing it, but yeah, I was yeah. behind the eight ball. And that could have been, you know, even you enter a business meeting, you go into the field of play. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't have your shit under control, if you aren't somehow managing yourself well, you're now potentially at risk of mm-hmm. not controlling that moment or spending the first part of the game or the meeting or whatever yeah. that is playing catch up. Mm. And so... I, the only way that I could create momentum for myself within that moment was to take my hands out. And that was like this tiny win that I just hung on to where I went, I am struggling in <laughs> I my something. hands. I need, I need some, something. Give me something. Took my hands out. And that was just a small win that gave me something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, little Ron Burgundy <laughs> moment. Uh, don't know what to do with my hands. And that was a little win. And then shortly thereafter, that 30, 40 second mark where I took a couple inhale, exhales through the mouth to like, okay, I need to fast forward. I forced myself then to take an inhale and hold that inhale and to go back to the experience that you and I had uh, on what two or three days ago, once mm. again, the XBT style experience. 
bringing people into the, the inhale hole that there's the most possibility there and there's the most control. Uh, and that was when I really started to, I, I forced myself into it when I didn't have control, but I knew that's where the possibility lay. And that mm. was really the start of gaining control. Yeah. Oof, that was hard. And then you're away and then you're in bliss. Yeah. And then it started to get warmer and then really would able to get into the 10 second inhale, 10 second top hold, 10 second exhale count. Mm. Yeah, that, then it was just smooth sailing after that. Yeah, and surprised yourself, I, I would imagine that it was five minutes? Yeah, no idea. Yeah. No idea. Time, you go into time warps when, when you've, you're bringing yourself into the present moment and, and focusing only on the breath. Time can absolutely vanish. Mm -hmm. and, and similar to when we do the, the longer static breath holds in, in the pool, it's one of the, the training exercises we do where it's, it's face down, a lot of preparation goes into it, really calm state, deep inhales, and then you just go under for two, three plus minutes. Mm -hmm. It can feel like, yeah, a fraction of that time. It's just quite blissful, mm -hmm. interesting. I fully felt the surrender in that 30 to 40 second mark where I was just fighting for it, hands out, trying to get a win. Right as I, I had that top inhale hold and I just, I, I need to relax. I need to find a way to relax. I thought I was relaxed. And then as I started to exhale, I realized I was holding on to myself. Mm -hmm. My legs, my hamstrings yeah. were tight. Like I just had so much tension. And as I relaxed my body and just let go of that, I started to relax my head a little bit backwards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I started to feel there was a beam of sunlight on my neck that I was able to focus on and like try to take that heat and yeah, spread right. it throughout my body. But I really, I thought I was relaxed, but then I, I realized I really wasn't. And, mm. and for the rest of the exercise, it was, there was just deeper layers of being able to relax. Yeah. So, a lot of times it's, it's shoulders, it's jaw, you know, where we, we typically hold tension in our bodies. If you can just, in the face of that stress, if you can learn how just to, to soften those, those edges, you can, you can gain that clarity and that control. Mm-hmm. And even now, we're probably 15, 20 minutes on my side out of the, the pool, uh, not pool, the, the freezer. Yeah. I still have this like razor sharp mental acuity right now. Mm -hmm. And my body is really feels nice. Like I had a, kind of a groin tension that mm -hmm. I was working on earlier on today, lower back. And then as I came out and started moving through it, like it, it just felt like that dissipated, yeah. which is really, really nice. Just that, that cold is just a beautiful tonic for any kind of inflammation or hot spots in, in the body so yeah beautiful thing. awesome and yeah. just as a public service announcement from my side just we are meant to feel so incredible so that's just a sweet reminder but mm. then i want a public service announcement from you that's a stressor 100%, right so we yeah. need to respect that what i just went through what you just went through like that is a stress can you mm. just elaborate a little bit about you know, how do we respect that as a stressor and why that's important? Yeah, I mean, it's the ice bath experience has been associated for a long time as a recovery modality and, and oftentimes not full body and you know, looking at lower body recovery. But when you go vital organs, heart, lung, you know, submerged up to your, your neckline, you're putting yourself under a significant you know, physiological response. It is, it is survival mode. You know, 
all of this, all systems go in the body. So uh, it's not something to be entered into, um, I'll say lightly or, or in a blasé fashion. It's, it's something you need to have a, a focused intention about. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting as, as that kind of five minutes in the zero degree water becomes a lot more um, or a lot less challenging um, for me as I build the adaptation. I look for ways to build in more stress. So it might be, okay, let's go for a little high intensity piece of 50 Russian kettlebell swings before I've got my heart rate down and my breath under control. Then we get in and mm. see if you can manage yourself. So, but that that's obviously, you know, next level. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you might, might um, notice as the hours pass, You'll get, you've gone extreme sympathetic response. You can get a really strong parasympathetic rebound um, within the next few hours. So don't be surprised if you feel just like taking a nap <laughs> in the afternoon, which yeah, is pretty common as well. I hope that happens. I'm not against a performance nap here. Yeah. So understanding, you know, we, we had a really great chat around the breath work, around the pool training and, and you taking XBT life and, and that kind of template and, and owning it for yourself mm. and, and moving forward with that. And then the, the ice bath and using that as an exposure piece to really combined help people out. You know, what's your vision? Because we just came off of your first time, my first yeah, yeah. time putting that together. Um, yeah, what what do you want to do with this? Because it's early days. Yeah. Just get as many people involved. Um, first and foremost, here in this community, which is which is really, yeah, sport, fitness, outdoor activity focused. It's just prime for a really cool community of people coming together and, and training regularly in in the pool, um, doing breath work, doing interesting, playful things at, at the beach. There's just endless possibilities. So I want to try and um, try and find my tribe and, and try and attract, attract as many like-minded people into, into this sharing, supportive you know, community group, which, which pushes the envelope and is, is up for challenging experiences. I don't care whether it's, you know, um, guys, girls, mums, dads, grandparents. We had some some more mature um, ladies there on on Saturday, and they they were fantastic. They're awesome. Yeah, so good. And then you know the younger end of the spectrum, you know kids who've got perhaps more athletic athletic ability, but don't have these skills to to know themselves and to be able to control. Yeah, breath and stress, and and help them in that that respect. So, yeah, just a real cool melting pot is is what I see here in Noosa, and then take it to the masses if we can, um, if we can if we can move it interstate, get some events happening, uh, try and light a fire under people in other parts of the country to take dumbbells into their local pool, and uh, hopefully the the councils are cool with that, but um, <laughs> or or even household pools find you know communities where people have got the facility to to try this stuff and mm -hmm. um, realize the the fun and the the playfulness that comes with discovery and 
and, and getting a bit of a group together. It was a blast. Yeah. I had so much fun. Once again, play, that play aspect. Yeah. When we jammed on Thursday and that was the first time I ever did this kind of stuff, like I went back into my head of when I loved swimming, 9, 10, 11, because yeah. I haven't necessarily been swimming for two hours in a pool for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. And that was a massive part of my life. For most adults, if, if you go to a local pool, you just jump in and you swim laps because that, that's working out. That's what we're conditioned to do. But if you think back to when you were a kid and you were throwing in dive bricks or little colored plastic things that you'd fetch off the bottom and you know, come up with games of holding your breath down for a couple of laps and mm -hmm. then doing somersaults and flips. There's, yeah, it's so much more fun than following the black line on the bottom of the pool. So Yeah, it can be pretty yeah. monotonous, man. 100%, yeah. Yeah, so it was a blast and then connecting with people as well. It was really, really nice. Mm. You know, when, when you go through an experience with someone, be it a CrossFit workout, be it group training, be it this experience, like there's a bond that's formed because you go through something. You pass through something that requires you to put yourself out there. And so anytime you do that, you learn yourself, other people, shared experiences, you create this connection. So there's a really neat group of humans yeah. of all kinds of walks of life. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of good emotions. That yeah, was really sweet. Yeah. And as, a, as an organizer, yeah, you just see names of strangers booking in and you really don't know what to expect. You know, are these people going to like what I offer? Are they going to be satisfied? Yeah, are they going to be cool? And they were all just awesome humans and they were up for, for learning and everyone walked out with a smile on their face. So, yeah, I was, I was so stoked with how, how it all turned out. Yeah, that's a win. Nice. Well, Stoke for the future, man. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. down in Sydney. You're up here. We'll see if we can collab somewhere in between, down, up, Western Australia, whatever. But wherever. Uh, good up, times ahead. I'm up for it all. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks. And I wouldn't have been, come up here without the invite. Met your family. Yep. Sunk my teeth in Anusa a little bit better. This place is a dream. It's like Vancouver Island, but tropical. It's I'm, I'm in it to win it. This, this place is Absolute the place. Absolute pleasure, man. Hopefully uh, it won't be too long before... You guys are back up this way. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Nice, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. So in closing, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time. I hope you found value in this conversation with Rich. He's such a great, kind human, and he's sharing some amazing things moving forward. So check him out on Instagram at Rich J. Burrows. And know that in Noosa, he's doing some great things. So check his pool and ice sessions out. And when this whole COVID situation slowly returns back to some level of normal and we can start engaging in public together again, I'm sure we'll look to do some collaborations in Sydney if you happen to be anywhere in Australia. Thanks again for your time. Share this if you enjoyed it and there are some key nuggets there for you. And we'll talk to you again soon in the next podcast.